Today shares Masechta Yivamis Daf Lamed Zayin. We will begin on Daf Lamed Vav Amid Beis, eight lines from the bottom. The Gemara continues to discuss if somebody married a woman when he wasn't allowed to, whom he wasn't allowed to at that time. We spoke about a woman who's pregnant, a woman who's nursing, that we discussed in the previous year that they have to separate. The question is, if it's a Kayin that will marry such a woman, and if he will have to divorce her until he can remarry her, he'll never be able to remarry her, obviously, because she is, because she's a Grusha, and a Kayin's not a married Grusha. Amalei of Ashil Rashi Bredi Ravidi. Hasam Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah Masech Shabbos, Daf Kuf Lamed Hei Amed Beis. Kol Sheshaw Ba'adam. Any person after he's born and he survives 30 days, Shleishim Yayim, if he survives 30 days, ain't a nafel. That's clearly an indication that he's not a nafel. And the Gemara Masech Tashavs there is talking about Hilchis Pidyan Aben. The Tyra connects the Halacha Pidyan Aben. The Pasuk says, Ubeduyav that the age of Pinyin Aben is when he's a month old, when he's 30 days old. And Rashi explains over there that the reason the Torah connected the halacha of Pinyin Aben with the halacha, the halacha of Pinyin Aben with Ben Chaydish is because that's when we know he's not a nafil. In other words, as explains Rashi, the chiyuv, the obligation of Pinyin Aben really comes at the time a woman has a petarechem, the woman has a bachar, a, a boy who's a firstborn child born naturally. So what, why does the Torah speak about peduyam ben chaydishtifta? Why does the Torah say that you have to wait till he's 30 days old? So the reason is that it, to, make, to determine that at that point the child is not a nafel, and that's why we do pidyin aben. But if the child that not did not make it to 30 days, the child passed away within 30 days, and not as Rashi and all the other Rishonim explain. It's not that the cha- that there was a question, that there was, that there was this, that we didn't know about the child. If we knew that this child was a viable child, the Gemara uses the words often, Kalalai Chadashav. Kalalai Chadashav means that this child is, is a totally viable child. When you have such a child, then we know that he's fine, and we don't, and if he, he dies because of reasons, he, he had an accident, etc., we know that we don't assume that he wasn't a nafel. But when we don't know what his status is, so what we need to do is wait till he becomes 30 days old. But something, Chas Vashalm, happened before he made it, he made it to 30 days. So the Allah is There's a suffix, what is the status of this child? Was he a nafel? Was he not a nafel? And if this was the only child that this, that his father had, and the father's no longer alive, the Allah is that Sveikahava, he's a suffix, and the mother will have to have chalitza 
from Suffolk. And of course, she can't have Yibum because if he was a viable child, that means the father died with having a viable child. Dalach is somebody who dies with a viable child, as we always learn in Amasechta, is not a candidate and, and, not, and not a candidate for Chalitza. If the child died, we had this situation, and and now she went and got married to someone else because she was under the false impression that she could get married and she doesn't need Chalitza because she had a, a, a child. And now she is discovers that she had to have Chalitza because maybe her late husband did not have children. Ravina Mishmed Ravama, M. Ashish if the husband that was Makadashar is Yisrael, so there's nothing going to happen if she has Chalitzas, if she has Chalitza, Chalitzas, she'll have Chalitza, and then she could get remarried to that husband. However, M. Ashish if the man that was Makadashar is a Kayan, and if we're going to say she has to have Chalitza, now she won't be able to get married to him because a Kayan may not marry a Chalitza. So says the, says the Gemara, a Meishis he if she's a Eishis Kayan, the Allah is a Chalitza. So Rishonim ask a question. The Allah is that, as we just said, a Kayan may not marry a Chalitza. But what happens, and we also learned more than once in Amasechta, that if a Kayan does marry a Chalutza, the since it's only Yisad Rabbanon, they can remain remarried. So what's the big issue in our the Gemara? So Taisus answers that if we're going to allow her to have Chalitza and then get married to him, people are going to say that this is a proof that a Chalutza has to have chalitza. They're not going to realize that she's in a unique situation, that she's allowed to have, that she, it's not clear what her status is. People are going to be convinced that she has to have, that she is a woman who is not, that a chalitza can marry a kayin. In order to avoid that, that's the concern we have. The Miri takes a, a different shot. Another Rishonim may also take this pshat. When we say a chalut, a kain who marries a chalutza may remain with that chalutza, that's in a situation where a kain married her, he shouldn't have. But Chazal did not say that they have to get divorced. But here, as we're learning, there was only Kedushin. To go lechatchila and tell her that she is allowed to go get married to this man, and then and go have chalitza, and then marry the kayin, that's not what the halacha says, that in a B'dayevet situation, we're allowed to, she's allowed to stay with her husband, even though she's a chalitza. And therefore says the Gemara, Meishis kayin he, if she's Meishis kayin, and chalitzas. She shouldn't have chalitza, in order that we should allow her to remain with the husband. Whether the person that was Makadish to her was a Yisrael, and whether the person who was Makadish was a Kayan, Chaletzis. Says the Gemara, in the evening, this is exactly what Rava said, that even 
the Aishas Koyin will have to have Chalitza. And the, the price, of course, that she will pay for that is that she will not be able to have Nasun with the husband. However, says the Gemara, but Safra in the morning, Hadaba, he reversed his position. Omelay, so Rabbi Shashi said to Ravina, Sharisa, you allowed this woman to get married without Chalitza. You're not concerned for Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. He says, if you're going to take that approach, you rather the Tisha Av Tarba. What's going to ultimately happen, the Pasha Pshar in the Gemara was that just like you're allowing this woman to marry the Kayin, what you're going to end up doing is uh, people are going to, as we said a moment ago, mar- have Chalutza marry a Kayin, which of course is Osir. And just like that, what what he was meaning to say was, people are going to have a chalutza marrying a coin, which is of course usher. And also what's going to happen is that people are going to eat chalav, which is a very, very, very serious isser. And therefore, you have to be careful when you issue such a psak. The Orochaner has a different approach. He says that the Gemara, in Masech Techulun, that Mem Tesam and Aleph, says that Rabbi Shmol and Rabbi Kiva had a dispute if you're allowed to eat a certain type of chalev. The chalev shall gabe keva. The chalev that's found on top of the stomach. Rabbi said it's mutter, and the Gemara says there that the Kahanim followed Rabbi Shmuel's opinion, and they had a memory, they used to say an expression, Yishmol Kahanim Asai Kahani. Yishmol was a Kayan, and he helped the Kahanim, because he get, that this was a portion of meat that they would get, and he would allow them to eat the Chalev. And what he was meant to say in the Gemara, what's meant to say here in the Gemara, it's just like we find that the Kohanim were lenient regarding the Chalev that's mentioned over there, so too were the Kohanim lenient regarding this halacha, that they can marry this woman. Says the Gemara, now we were talk till now we've been speaking about this woman who's supposed to have chalitza if she had kedushin with a kayan in order to avoid that she should not be able to marry him can we be lenient and not require the chalitza so now the gemara extends this discussion to what we've been learning in our shir and that is what's going to be by muberz chaveroi and menakas chaveroi hocha gaba What's going to be the halacha here? Me of the rabbanon to cantal koyin. Do we find that the that chazal were lenient that she should separate from the koyin, but she doesn't have to have a get, even though normally the halacha is she has to have a get. Here will be lenient and not require have a get, so that when the time ends, she could go back to him aloy, or we should not. Be, or we should not be lenient. Amalei, hachi hashta. What is the comparison, says the Gemara, between the two cases? Bishlam ha-hasam, kivan deke rabbanan de pliga reid of Shem Gamliel. We have the rabbanan de dispute or Gamliel's opinion. Damri, and their opinion is, the Afghav de that even though the child did not survive 30 days, the halach is vlad ma'al yahava. We could assume that this child was a viable child. That's why, so when we deal with Aishas Kayin, where, as we're discussing, if we're going to make this woman have chalutza, she'll never be able to marry 
having the soon with a husband, since we don't have any other options of dinner karabonon, we have the opinion of the rabbonon whom we can rely on. But regarding the kind that married in Muberis and Menekes Chaveroi, Kiman Navid, whose opinion do you want to follow? He, Karameya, if we follow the opinion of Karameya, Hare Omer, Yoytsivilayach Elamis, that you never let her remarry her. Vikrabonon, the Rabonon say, beget. In other words, what the Gemara is saying is, there is no option, there is no opinion that we could rely on. And that's why the Gemara is saying, why, are you, how are you comparing the two situations? So Rabbeinu Tam says, Rabbeinu Tam actually asks, the, the Gemara Masech Nida teaches us that if we accept a certain opinion, we can't accept the other opinion. So here the Gemara is saying that if, since by a Kayin we have this dilemma, we could rely on the opinion of Rabbanan. But as Rabbeinu Tam, if we're following the opinion of, we're not following Rabbanan's opinion, we're following Rabbi Shimon Gamliel's opinion, how could we say that, well, we have no choice, so we'll follow the opinion of the Rabbanan? So the Ritva explains that when is that halacha, uh, when is that halacha said, that that's in a situation where a person comes to ask a question. So when a person comes to ask a question and the halacha follows a certain opinion, we can't say, well, you don't have to follow this opinion, follow the other opinion. You always have to follow the opinion, which is the halacha. But however, says the Ritva, here, that's not the situation. Here, as we've been discussing our entire shir, we're in a B'dayevit situation where this woman had kedushin with the Kayan, and what do we do now? Under such circumstances, if we could find a, a reasonable opinion, we can follow it. Says the Gemara, Itma, Kotcha, if somebody did Kedusha on Amana Agrusha, Betoich Shlaisha, within three months of the previous husband's death, that we keep on learning, you're not allowed to get married at that time, Ubarach, and the husband who did this Kedusha ran away. Says the Gemara Pligabar of Achavrafim. We have him Achleks of Achavrafim. Charamam of Shemtinalei. Bezdin put him to Cherim to force him to give a get. The Charamar and the other man Dama says Aruke Mistayi. The fact that he ran away is clearly an indication that he has no in the interest in doing the suin until the three months are up. And since he has no in the, in, interest to doing this soon until the three months are up, we have no problem. And of course, the Akhroinim point out, this will only be an acceptable approach if he did Kedushin, did not have relations with her, and ran away. So that's all a proof that he doesn't have any intention to have relations with her until the three months is up. But if he had relations with her, certainly he deserves Malchus. So now the Gemara taught us a new halacha. If he ran away, so then we can rely on that, that he has no intention to marry her before the three months are up. How far does he have to run? So the Rush learns he has to run so far away that he can't get back for three months. That's not good enough that he should be not here. He has to be so far that he can't get back for three months. The Shulchan Aruch says 
the Shulchan Aruch doesn't seem to follow that opinion. And the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch is that as long as he ran away, and that is an indication, as we just said, that he has no intention of being here. And since that's an indication that he has no intention of being here, that's good enough that she doesn't, they don't have to do anything more. The Rosh goes on to say, the Rosh says that not only did Gemara say that if he ran away, it solves a lot of issues, but the Rosh says that when one has such a situation, we can rely on running away. That's the opinion of the Rosh. The Arzarua disagrees. The Arzarua says that when the Gemara says he could run away, the Gemara doesn't mean to say he should run away. What the Gemara means to say is that if he ran away, we could rely on it for as far as this is concerned that they don't have to do anything more because we know they're not going to get married. He's not here. Have of the there was indeed, says, says the Gemara, such an episode where they got married and then he ran away. And Amalu Raphim, Raphim said, Aruke Mestaye. We, the running away is what helped him. Because as Rashi explains, if he had not run away, had he not run away, we would force him to give a get. The Rambam doesn't seem to hold that he has to give a get. It seems that the Rambam's opinion is that we will put him in Cherim. And by putting him to Cherim, that would be enough to keep them separated. So what, what the Gemara teaches us, that as long as he ran away, this problem is solved. The question is, here we're learning about somebody getting married during the three months of Afghana, and the Gemara taught us a new din that running away could be helpful in this situation. What will be the halacha we learned by Muberis Chaveroi and Menekes Chaveroi? What will be the halacha there? Would running away be sufficient there as well? On one hand, it may be more lenient because there it's not a yichas issue. Here we're Concerned about a yichus issue. The Ritva says that the Allah is that for Muberis and Minekis, running away is not an option. And he explains. Because when we speak about the case that we're learning in our Gemara, about the three months of Afghana, so that's not such a long amount of time. So if the person went away, as we've been learning, we could expect that, he, and he knows that he did the wrong thing, we could expect that he won't be back for the three months. But in the Gemara that we're learning, but it, when we're talking about the Menekes Chaveri, which refer to many months and years, they're running away is not an option. The Rivash gives a different reason why running away is not an option by Muberes Chaveri and Menekes Chaveri. They say there, the reason Chazal said she now had to get remarried during that time is because of concern of a Sakana, of a danger for the child. Whenever we're dealing with a situation of Sakana, Chazal were much more machma. Says the Gemara, we learned in the Mishnah that if the brother of the person who married the Ivama, and then it turned out that she was Muberis and she had a viable child, Suffolk. And that is a question. Who was the father of this child? 
because she got married within the three months. Is a ben teishel rishin or ben shivel achrin? The halacha is that that child is kosher no matter what. He's kosher memonavshach because if he's the first person's child, so it's fantastic. And even if it's the second person's child, so she was a candidate for yibum, and that child is a child born from a proper yibum. Amalei Ravel Rav Nachman, why should we? Why do we look? But we do say that she has to have to bring an Ashim Tali, because we're not sure if she was allowed to have relations with the brother or not. But ask the Gemara, Ma, why do we treat this like a Sophic? Lema, why shouldn't we say that we should follow majority rule? And most women have children to nine months. And that's clearly an indication that this child is the child of the first husband, and they certainly did an Aveira because there was no right to do Yibam here. Amalei, so he responded, the Shadadon, the wives in our family, the Shiva Yaldin. In our family, getting married, having a child earlier is not unusual, and there's no Roiv. Amalei, so he asked, so Rava asked Rav Nachman, the Shadadhu have Rubid Alma. Yes, in your family, women have children at seven months. But what does that have to do with the rest of the world? Amalei, so Rav Nachman responded, This is what I meant to say. Indeed, most women indeed have children at nine months. There are mute, there are women that have by seven months. But typically, a, wa- a woman who's going to be carrying to nine months, three, after three months of pregnancy, a third of the pregnancy has passed, that's when we'll know she's pregnant. But here, we have a unique circumstance. Here, she did not show that she's pregnant at, the, at that point. So, so we see that this is an unusual situation. Says the Gemara, e, if that's the way you're going to learn, so that's the case, so why don't we say the fact that this woman did not show when she was after three months, after a third, shouldn't this be an indication that she certainly, that the child is from the second husband? The fact that she didn't show after three months shows that she's from the group of people that's having a child from at seven months from the second husband. So Tysus asks, the question the Gemara is going to ask now is so, this question is so obvious. What was the Gemara, what was, what was the Gemara thinking? So Tysus answers, the rabbi at the beginning thought that when the Gemara says that a woman is going to have a child to nine months, her pregnancy will be noticeable after three months, is not a hard and fast rule. The Gemara meant what is usual. And that's what the Gemara meant all along. Since at three months we didn't see that she's pregnant. So everything is not usual here, and therefore we can't be sure. And that's why she brings an Ashim Tali. Says the Gemara. So now we, this woman stayed with the Yavim. So the Rishon, the first child that was born, Royally is kind Godel. He could be a kind Godel. Because no matter, as we said, no matter how we look at it, he's 100% kosher. 
If he's a child of the first husband, he's a child of the first husband. And if he's not a child of the first husband, if he's a child of the second husband, that means that the first husband didn't have any children. And if the first husband didn't have any children, so then she is, is, is then she was supposed to have Yibum. And if she was supposed to have Yibum, so then the child born from that marriage is perfectly fine. But as we said, and therefore that child is royally as kind Godel. The child could be a kind Godel. The second child, if they remain together, is a Mamza Masafik. Because if this child, if this first child is a child of the first husband, so she's not allowed to marry the Yavim. She's a very serious erva to the Yavim. An Eshesach, a Chiv Karis. The child born from such a relationship is a Mamzer. If on the other hand she was supposed to have Yibam, the child is fine. That's why the child is a Mamzer. Rabbi Lezben Yaakov Eimer, a Mamzer Masafik. There's a very interesting word from Rabbi Tzadik HaKoyim. Rabbi Tzadik asks, the Gemara often, when it discusses a Mamzer, says that Mamzerim are people who have a lot of chutzpah. So asks the Rabbi Tzadik, why don't we see the behavior of this child? And if we'll see that he acts like a mamzer, that it's a proof that he's a mamzer. So Reb Tzaddik says, the Gemara says, that as we come close to the time of Mashiach, when we come to the Ikvasa Mashiach, which we hope we're living already in the time when Mashiach is at our doorsteps, then we're going to live in a time of chutzpah yazgi. We're going to live in a time when there's going to be much chutzpah in the world. So says Reb Tzaddik, nowadays we can't rely on somebody's behavior to make a determination what if the child is a mamzer or not. Because you have plenty of people who are not mamzerim, but act with chutzpah. So ask the Gemara, what did Reb mean that a mamzer masafik? It seems that what he meant to say was that he's not even a suffolk mamzer. And the question is, why would we think that he's not even considered a Suffolk Mamzer? My Kamer. What, 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 what does that statement mean? Amr Baya, Hachi Kamer. This is what was said in the Braisa. Harishan, the Tanakhama, said that the firstborn child, Roy Leoy, is Kain Godel. Hasheni, Suffolk Mamzer, and he's a Suffolk, and Dawah is Asr Bemamzeris. He can't marry a Mamzeris because he's a Suffolk. He can't marry a woman who's not a Mamzeris because he may be a Mamzer. The Shani Suffolk Mamzer and also a Mamzeris and also an Akshera. Lezab and Yaakov Eimer ain't a Suffolk Mamzer. We don't treat him like a Suffolk. We don't treat him like this and he has no one to marry. We treat him Vade Mamzer, Mut Mamzeris. Ben Yaakov's opinion is that a Suffolk, mom, a Suffolk mamzer has the halacha like a vade mamzer. And a Suffolk mamzer is allowed to marry a mamzer. Says the Gemara, Rebbe Lazar, Rava Amar, Rava has a different interpretation. Hachikomer, this is what the Brisa meant to say. Rish royally is calling God, Rishani mamzer vade masofik, umotam mamzeris, we treat him like a Suffolk mamzer, and we, even though he's a, he's a, he's a Suffolk, we treat him like a Vadai, a Mutabah Mamzeris. The Rebbe Lozben Yaakov, however, Rebbe Lozben Yaakov's opinion is 
Ein vade mamzer misafik el kesafik mamzer vamzer He's according to Rav's interpretation, a safik mamzer can't marry a vade mamzeres, and he's stuck. He has no one to marry. So we have here a machloikis a bay of Rav. How does Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov treat a safik mamzer b'mamzeres? There's a machloikis what Rebbe Lezer holds. And since, explained the Mepharshim, that we know throughout Shas, that Mishnah Shabalazar ben Yaakov Kavanaki, Rebelezer ben Yaakov's opinion is not often found in Shas. But whenever we find his opinion in Shas, Kav, it's not that often that we find it, Venaki. So the, whoever Rebelezer is saying how Rebelezer ben Yaakov's opinion is, that is going to be the Alocha, the Tanan. And the Gemara elaborates. The Mishnah says in the Kedushin, the Ein Dalar Amar When we speak about people who are not allowed to marry into Klai Yisrael, Vadim Bavadim Motor. Somebody who's a Vade Mamzer is married, allowed to marry a Vade Mamzer. Vadim Besfekun, but somebody who's a Vade Mamzer marrying a Suffolk Mamzer, or Besfekun Bavadoim, Besfekun Besfekun. Anybody, if they're not vade mamzer, if they're all shaken, then the Allah is usher. They can't get, they can't intermarry. And the Gemara elaborates, the Mishnah elaborates, who are the shaken? Veilen shaken. Who is in the category of a suffix? Shtuki. We know who his mother is. But when he thinks somebody's his father, his mother says, Shtuki, be quiet. That isn't necessarily your father. Or Sufi, somebody who is found in the street, and we don't know his yichas, a kuti. Rashi says the kutim are all considered Suffolk mamzerim because they didn't believe in Tarsh And one of the most fundamental halachas in Tarsh as we know, as Masech the Kedushin begins, that the way to make Kedushin was Kesav Ishtar. They don't believe in the halacha of Kesav Ishtar. And therefore, if they make, somebody makes Kedushu in case of a woman, they believe that that woman is not married. And now if she marries someone else, according to us, she's an Ashish. According to them, she's not an Ashish. And if she'll have a child, we could have a real situation if she has a child from the second husband. That the is that a Suffolk Mamzer is not allowed to marry Mamzer. And says Rabbi Huda further, when I repeated this halacha from Rav to Shmuel, Amali Hill Shana, Hill taught us that Asar Yuchsin Olamibavel, there were ten categories of Yichas that came up with Ezra when we when he brought by the base of Megdash, Shani, Kahanil Levi Israeli Chalolim, those of Kahanim that were born from a marriage that their father, the Kohen, was not supposed to have, Geri, Charuri, Gerim, Gerim, Charurim, Aravadim, Knanim, Shukharim, they were freed, Mamzerim, Nasinim, the Gevoinim became Gerim in the time of Yeshua through a trick. They said that they were from a faraway country because, of course, they weren't allowed to accept Gerim from the nations, from the Zion Umas that were living in Canaan. And because they tricked them, the Pasuk says, And therefore, they would, they're, in latter, they're in a lower category. Throughout Shas, they're always compared to Mamzerim. The Sufi, as we said, somebody who's fa- 
found in the street. And all of these questioning people can, mar- can marry one another. Now, if we're going to say that a Suffolk Mamzer can marry another Suffolk Mamzer, a Suffolk Mamzer can marry a Mamzeris Vados, so we could understand the statement that Hill just made, that Kohanim of Yisraelim are considered Jews of a proper Yichas, and they can intermarry. Levim Yisraelim, Chalolim, Geirim, Charuri, also are allowed to intermarry. Geirim, Charurim, Mamzerim, Nesinim, Shtukim, Asufim, are all allowed to marry, and they're all also allowed to intermarry, because as the Gemara there, Masech Tegedushim explains, Kahal Geirim, Loit Nikra Kahal, and that's why the Mamzerim can marry them. However, the At Amrit, you've been saying in the name of Rav, that the Loch is Kerebelezer, that anybody who's a Suffolk can't marry because we don't know if they're equivalent. So how could we just say that they, there's a machloikis, Rav and Shmuel, if, if, if according to that, Rav and Shmuel are arguing over the halach, is the halach like a belazer, that a Suffolk mamzer can marry a Suffolk mamzer or not, says the Gemara. Now the Gemara explains the machloikis of Bay of Rava. Is the halacha like, like Rav who passed like Rebbe Lazar? Or is the halacha like Hillel? Do we take a strict approach or a lenient approach? Abayi Suffolk like Shmuel, the halacha Hillel. And therefore the halacha is a Suffolk Mamzer to marry a Suffolk Mamzer to marry Vadim Mazer. And that's why he's going to explain that Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov that says that is a leave of the Hilchasa. That's the halacha. And Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov, as we usually want it to be, is following the proper halacha. Kehechi, and while doing this, with loitiksha hilchasa, by pasking like Hillel, it won't be a problem like pasking like Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov, which, as we said a few moments ago, we always want to do. Rav Rav. Rav, on the other hand, holds like Rav. That a Suffolk mamzer is not allowed to marry a Suffolk mamzer. And if a Suffolk Mamzer is not allowed to marry a Suffolk Mamzer, a Suffolk Mamzer is certainly not allowed to marry a Vade Mamzer. And he's going to say that according to Rebbe Yaakov, the halacha is a Suffolk can't marry Mamzeris. That would be the halacha. And why he's doing that is So the opinion of Rebbe Yaakov is very much dependent on the way we paskin. On Rabbiya. Where do I know the call sacred of Lesbian Yaakov that when you have a Suffolk Mamzer, he's treated like a Vade Mamzer, and he may not marry a Suffolk, that a Suffolk Mamzer is treated like a Vade Mamzer and they can intermarry? The time of Lesbian Yaakov Omer. If somebody had relations with many women, not quite certain with whom did he have relations. The can he, or if there's a woman, Shabala Nasham Harbe, that had relations with many men. Veni day Mezman Kiblin, she doesn't know from whom she became pregnant. So now we could have a very serious situation. Nimsa Avnoisaspitoi, a father could end up marrying a daughter. Achnoisaisai, a brother could end up marrying a system, a sister. And if we have such a situation, Nismala Kalaulam Mamzerim will have a world of Mamzerim. Because if a father marries a daughter or a brother marries a sister, the child will be a mamzer. And regarding such a situation, the, the Pasuk says, Umale Ha'aret Zimra. 
So we see the even though it's a situation of a suffic, the Rebbe Lazman Yaakov considers them mamzerim. Rav Amalach, Rav says that that's not what the pasuk means. The pasuk doesn't mean that a suffic mamzer is like a vade mamzer. What the pasuk means to say is we don't know zumahi. We don't know what they are. It's not that we could treat that we necessarily treat them like mamzerim. We just don't know what they are. Continues the Brisa. A man should not marry a woman in one country and then get married to another woman elsewhere in a different country. Shema, maybe these two wives and the children of these two wives won't know about each other. And we can end up with a that children will marry each other, and the Mukayasa says, even if they marry these women, the fact that they got married in one country doesn't mean that the people in the other country are aware of the marriage. And since we're not sure that they're not going to know about each other, then the Allah is that they, they, we end up with a very bad place. However, says the base mayor, this concern is only, says the base mayor, if one leaves a wife in one country, a wife with children in one country, and then goes to another country and marries another woman and has children. But let's say he divorced his wife in one country, or his wife died, and he had children from that wife in one country, and now he goes to another country, he may get remarried. Darcha Shulchan, in fact, says that in nowadays, not only does he pick up on the heter base mayor, but he takes it even a step further. He says, in their world, it was a world of weak communication. And since it was a world of weak communication, we could really have this type of situation that brothers and sisters don't know about each other. But in the world where we live in, Darach HaShokhan was saying in his time, certainly in our time, where people... With such, so much communication, easy communication, that this halacha wouldn't apply. The Svasemis also says the concern is only if he's going to be married to the second woman for a short time. But if he's going to be married to her for a long time, this concern isn't there. Says the Gemara, is this indeed a concern? Says the Gemara, when Rav came. To the city of Dardisha. Apparently, it was a city that he often came to. Machris Amr, he would make an announcement. Man who's prepared to get married to me for just these few days that I'll be here? And similarly, Rav Nachman Ki'ikal when he came to the city of Shankatsev, Machris Amr, Man So we see that they used to get married and have wives in different cities. Says the Gemara, Shanir Banat of Kishimayu. Somebody who marries a Rav. There's a lot of, everybody's aware of it, and therefore the concern that people won't know about brothers and sisters doesn't exist, says the Gemara. But how could this entire episode happen? Ask the Gemara, the Gemara Masech Danidas teaches us, if you ask the woman to marry you, when the spice and she agreed to marry you, a Kala cannot get married until she has Zayin the Kiyim. Because the Gemara speaks about Dam Chimud. The excitement of her getting married may cause her to see Dam, and therefore she has to wait for seven days. So how could they just show up and get married? Says the Gemara, Rabbonon Shluchi 
have a mishadilhu, medilhu. It wasn't that they showed up and immediately got married. They would send a messenger before they arrived and prepare the wife, and the wife would have seven days to sit the Zion the king before get married. Dibai Seima says the Gemara Rabbanon, they didn't actually have relations. They didn't completely have relations. And therefore, they didn't have to have the Zion Nakim. When does a Kala have to have the Zion Nakim? If she's going to consummate her marriage with her husband. But if they're not going to have relations, the Zion Nakim aren't, aren't necessary. But the question is so what's the point? Says the Gemara of getting married if you're not going to even consummate the marriage. Says the Gemara, the Amamar, ain't a dummy, Mishayeshle Paspasaloi, the Mishayeshle Paspasaloi. The fact that he has a wife is enough to prevent him from having Averis. So Rashi, as we said, explained that just having this woman designated to them is enough to, that they won't have any Machshavis. And on the other hand, Taisa says, since they didn't anticipate having relations with these husbands, we're not concerned that she's going to see Dam, that she'd be concerned for Dam Chimud. And of course, the Mishnah Melech says, these women had to be notified that this is what's going to happen. Another pshat that I saw is that, that the Chachamim sometimes had relations and sometimes they didn't have relations. And since they didn't always have relations, when the Kala knows that she for sure is going to have relations, that's when there's a concern for Dam Chimad. But when it's not certain to her that she's going to have relations, there's no concern for Dam, there's no concern for Dam, for Dam Chimad. So we see here that there's a concept of Dam, of Pas Basaloi. And Pas Basaloi is enough that it should prevent him for, to accomplish what he needs to accomplish in order to have a wife. It says, A person shouldn't marry a woman with the intention to marry her. The Pasuk says, That means, don't marry somebody and she assumes that she has a husband and then you're going to divorce her. It's highly inappropriate to act that way. The Gemara here, the Gemara here teaches us the concept of the concern, as we learned a number of times in our shir, that we can't allow that should be a world where a brother will marry a sister, a sister will marry a brother. We have to make sure that everybody knows what is everybody else's status. And this question has very serious halachic ramification. And that is regarding if people adopt children. If people adopt children, so some people don't want to tell their adopted child who they come from, who they are, and who their real parents are. And the Paiskim says that Ramosha as a chuvan Ebenezer, Chelek Aleph, Simon, Vav, about the subject, and he says that we have to be very careful to notify them to avoid this problem. He says if they weren't notified with the Evid, it's not the biggest issue because we could follow Raif. And the Raif is that they're not brothers or sisters. But if we could let them know, we should certainly explain Ramayusha 
let them know. And so too is the opinion of the Shaz Chuas Michas Yitzchak, Chelik Dalit Simon Memtes, that when that a child who's adopted should be told who he who his parents are. Ramosha Stembruch, the Shaz Chuvas Chuvas and Huggers, Chelik Bay Simon Tafresh, Ayn Zion says that even though there are people that suggest that they should not tell the children that they're adopted and who their parents are. He says that's not the way Klayusol acts. Klayusol does what the Allah requires. And our Gemara has very much taught us that this is a real, this is a real concern if, we're not, if people won't know who their parents are. Says the Gemara. So we're talking, we begin now a series of questions. We have a situation, says the Gemara, where we have this child, and we don't know if he's the hus- first husband's son or the second husband's son. And now, So the halach is, as we discussed previously in Amasechta, that the brother who died, the brother who is the Yavim, is his Yorish. So now this son says, I'm the son of this person, I get the Yerusha. The Yavim says, no, my brother died without children. I'm the Yavim. I get the Yerusha. I deserve everything. The Yavim, no. You are my son. You don't deserve anything here because you're my son and I am the Yerush of the deceased brother. Says the Gemara, this is a situation of and the Allah is that Mamun Amutubasafik, when you have a question, the Allah is Mamun Amutubasafik, Chalkin, the money should be divided equally. And as the Rush points out, that we don't always paskin Mamun Amutubasafik Chalkin. Why over here do we paskin that way? So he says, the reason the Rabbanon don't always paskin that way, because we follow the Muxik. Here there is no Muxik, so it's considered Mamun Amutubasafik. Another question. Now, where the Yavam died before they divided this Yerusha. But the Yavam had other children. And now again, there's a discussion between the Yavam's children and this son, who should get the Yerusha of this Yavam. The brother who died, the children of the Yavam, and the, ch- and the new son want to divide that Yerusha. He says about himself, I am the son of the deceased brother. But the sons of the Yavim say, You're our brother, you deserve an equal share. You deserve a share amongst us. The Rabbanon who we learned by Ramshash to say, that this is the halacha that we're going to learn in the Mishnah. Later in Amasechta, that's Kuf Amabez, the Tanan, the Mishnah, the woman who did not wait the three months that she's supposed to wait between, after her husband died, and she then had a son, and we don't know if he's a hus- child of the first husband or of the second husband, and now, who, the sec, the child says, in, in a, who had a Yerush son? He doesn't Yerush either of those fathers, because each one could say to him, each set of brothers will say to him, you're not our brother. Bring a right that you are our brother. And here is just the Hasab The Suffolk says, they say to the Suffolk, 
Bring a raya. There they each said a brother say, bring a raya that you're our brother. Here he says to them, I say I'm a son of the brother who died. And since I say I'm the son of the brother who died, I get his whole Yerusha. Now I may not be, but I am something, and therefore I should get it all. In the case that we learned, that we just discussed, where we don't know if the child is the son of the first husband or the second husband, so the children, the definite children of the first husband and the definite children of the second husband are Vadai. They certainly deserve a Yerusha. Iu, who we don't know if he's the son of the first or the second, is a Suffolk. Hacha, everybody's a Suffolk. Eli Damya, he says, what is this comparable to? The Suffolk of Bnei Yavim, not that they're coming to Yarshin in the Nechosim of the dead brother. The Yavim died. And now we have a question, who, what should he get? The Hosm Amrle, the so, the definite sons of the Yovam, say to him, I Sirayu, the Khnunat, bring a right that you're our brother. Your brother of our you're a son of our uncle. And our father's Yerusha, you're a nephew. We're sons. You deserve nothing. They are certainly Yarshim. He is a Suffolk. That's why they get and he doesn't.